Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. Right now, we're going to hear from Hudson Bond, our national teaching pastor. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, we're a couple of weeks into kind of, as Ben was saying there, the vision vision series, uh, talking about what it is that we see and what it is we're dreaming for our church and for our future. I remember, this is, this is over 20 years ago, I remember it's a different church, not part of Arise at that stage. Um, I remember going to kind of like a vision kind of an evening, and we had a, a big screen up on the stage, and up on the screen came this kind of projected image, uh, a fly, almost like a drone flying over, and we were talking about the future of the church we were a part of, and this drone sort of flew in, and there was this massive building, and it sort of went in through the doorways, and we saw this amazing facility, and we saw kids' rooms, and all these buildings and sorts of things as the, as the vision was sort of shared with us, and we were excited, this was awesome, but that night and over the next few weeks, I wasn't quite sure that that was, uh, that was something that there was something not quite right in my heart as I had watched that. And as I thought about it over the next period of time, I realized I had seen no people. I had seen buildings and buildings are amazing. We need buildings. And I had seen facilities and that sort of stuff. I'd seen an organization, but I had seen no people at all. Because when I think about church, I don't see a building or an organization, I, I, I see people. When I read the Bible and the Bible talks about church, the Bible is very clear that the church is people. We could be meeting in a beautiful building like this, but we could be meeting down at the park and have church. We could be meeting in your living room or my living room and have church. The, the building is sort of the least important thing. Church is in fact a people. And that is the biblical image that I want to talk about today, that the church is a community of people. It's a family. It's a family. In the, in the story of Scripture, if you could stand back and look at the Bible, and in, in the story that it presents, we see God responding to the problem of sin and to the problem, sorry, we see Him responding to the problem of sin in the Garden of Eden and the problem of rebellion at the Tower of Babel, we see him responding to that problem by choosing a man. Think about that. What is God's response to the problem of sin and rebellion at the Tower? He turns around and he chooses Abraham. He chooses a man and his family. That is God's response to the problem that we find in the Scriptures God chooses Abraham and his family to be what? To be his people. To be his people. And the focus was on this family, an imperfect family, much like yours and much like mine, with their issues and their problems, but God chose a man and his family that was to come. And then in the rest of the book of Genesis, the story is about that family. The 50 chapters of Genesis are about from that point on, about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. It's about a family. And then the rest of the Old Testament itself is about the story of Abraham's family, which became the Jewish nation. 
serving as the people of God, a man, a family, and a nation. See, God didn't choose Abraham because he was special. He chose him to do something special. He chose him to be a conduct, a conduit of his blessing to the rest of the world. I want to say that again. They were not chosen because they were any more special, particularly than anyone else around them. He chose them to do something special, to be a light, to be a blessing. And can I say this just really quietly this morning? You guys and I have not been chosen because I'm any more special, but I've chosen to do something. I've been chosen to do something special. I've been chosen to be a part of God's family, to be a part of his mission, to take my gifts and my talents and somehow allow God to use them to bless the people around me. Let's see what happens in the New Testament. We're going to read now our first passage this morning in Galatians 3 verse 26. And through to 29, it says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. Oh, you're the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. How did God respond to the problem of sin? He chose Abraham. And the New Testament tells us today that God's promise to Abraham now belongs to you and it belongs to me. God's promise is that he gave to Abraham belongs to his people. In the New Testament, the word we give to his people, his community, is the church of the living God the family of God, the people of God, the community. God's response to the issue of sin was a man and his family and we are now heirs and part of that family. God's plan is still to be accomplished through a people, through a community, a family. So what does this family look like? That's kind of the intro this morning. What does this family look like? What are some of the things that they do? How do they act? What does this family look like? Acts 2 verse 44 for the next few verses gives us a little glimpse into what family life was like in the community of the early church. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Four things I find, four outstanding attributes of the family of God in the New Testament was this, that they were givers, they were open-hearted, they were generous with what they had and they blessed the people around them. Number two, they were gatherers. They loved to gather. They gathered all the time in houses and in homes. And on Sundays and during the week, they gathered and they gathered and they gathered. Thirdly, they liked to eat food. 
There was one, a couple of amens down here. Lily was on board with that. Let's try again over here. They liked their food. Amen, yes. It's biblical to go out of this place and have a good meal together. They were givers, they were gatherers, and they liked to eat their food. And fourthly, the Bible says that they were praisers. They got together and they praised God. Man, they just got there and they worshipped like I got here a little bit late this morning, but I walked in and you guys were engaged in worship and in praise to our God. This is family language. This is, they were generous and they gathered and they ate food and they worshipped God together. There's no talk of buildings and of structure and of, you know, did they need to have a drummer? No, they didn't. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, but this week, Noah was texting me and being, and being quite cheeky. But don't do that when the guy you're being cheeky to is gonna be on stage on Sunday. Don't, don't do that because you can end up in a world of trouble. Did they have kids programs? No. Did they have amazing lighting array or an LED backdrop? No, they didn't. Are those things great and we need them today? Yes, they didn't have them. But what did they have? They had generous spirits. They loved to gather together. They ate their food, the Bible says, with simplicity and joy. They thanked God for it and then they praised their God. Four things, they were generous, they gathered, they ate food and they praised God. And the result of these four things, the Bible says, and the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. God can work with that family. God can work with a people like that and work in their midst. And the Bible says, and the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Those who were getting saved got added to something bigger than themselves. This is the key point this morning. They were added to something. They joined the family, the now. It does not say this. It does not say that those who got saved went off and explored their newfound faith in their own way. It doesn't say that. It says those who got saved got added to the already existing organisation, family, community of people. It doesn't say that those who got saved did their own thing every Sunday. It doesn't say that. It says they were added to something. They were added to a body of believers where faith was real and where praise was happening and where food was shared. That's what they were added to. See, Christianity is not a solo event. It's not a solo event. You don't do it alone. You're not supposed to be existing in your own little sphere of faith. If you are out, and that's not talking to anyone here because you're all here. But if you are out there doing it on your own, you are not, you are not a biblical follower of Jesus Christ. God added to their number daily those who are being saved. I want to ask you a question. Have you been added? Have you been added to the family of faith? Only you can answer that. I can't. I can't look at you and tell if you have been 
connected, if you have thrown away that sort of selfish part and you have allowed yourself to be added to something greater than yourself, bringing all that you have, bringing your generosity, bringing your food sometimes, bringing your praise to the gathering of the saints. One of the greatest threats to the church today is not communism, it's not atheism, it's not racism, it's individualism. That's one of the greatest threats to the church in the West today, individualism. It's a very Western idea that I do not need others, that I can do this on my own. We don't find that in the Bible. We don't find that in a lot of other cultures, but we do in the West, which is the, the culture that we have been absorbed into here in New Zealand. And since the time of the Reformation with Martin Luther in the 1500s, 1600s, the individual has been increasingly moved to the center of the stage in Western Christianity, where everything is about me and what I need. And this individualism, it feeds the consumer attitude that we have, the narcissism of our world. But the individual is not at the center of the Bible story. Jesus is at the center of the Bible story. Community is at the center of the Bible story. God's program, why don't you listen to this really carefully. God's program includes the salvation of the individual, but then it brings that individual into community with other people. Say it again. God's program includes the salvation of the individual, but then brings that individual into community. It's that picture of the shepherd heading away, finding that lamb, picking it up, bringing it back to the flock. That lamb is very vulnerable out there on its own. I'll be all right. I don't need that church stuff. Man, you need it more than you know. And the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. If you've not been added, if you've not allowed yourself to be added, you're resisting the Holy Spirit. And listen, you can be in this room and still not have allowed yourself to be added to something greater than who you are. Yep, you did go. You drove there, you parked, you walked in, and you participated. But it's, we can just stand there and not allow ourselves to be added to the, the, the community of faith that is in this place. Church, your salvation occurs in relationship, not in isolation. Your salvation occurs in relationship, not in isolation. Look, if you are all alone on a desert island, you can do Christianity on your own. But as far as I can see, just looking around this room, no, no desert islands here. 
You're not to do it in isolation. We grow in relationship. See, we have an incorrect understanding of what salvation is. Salvation is not the rescue of one individual after another. Rescue that individual, rescue that individual, rescue that individual, and leave them as an individual. Salvation is the rescue of that individual and then the bringing of that individual into the gathering and into the community of faith where they can grow and be connected. It's about a body of believers. The church is far more, and I love this statement, I found this in a book I was reading, the church is far more than a collection of saved individuals who band together once a week. It's far more than that. There's more going on here today than you know. The church is the community of salvation and God's idea to reach the world. I started off talking about Abraham and his family and then his nation. And then we read in the New Testament that we are heirs of Abraham and of the promise that was given to him. The church is the community of salvation and God's idea to reach the world. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who died in Nazi Germany in a prison, rejected the modern efforts to define personhood as an isolated and an insulated self. He claimed that a person is to be ident- is defined by their place before God and in connection with other people. Western Christianity has become too much about me and what I want. What I want, what songs I want to be sung today. My son um, currently is on his way to Australia for the Taylor Swift concert. I thought I, thought I had a son. <laughs> but apparently, at a Taylor Swift concert, Everyone who was there, um, they know her run sheet and they know what song she's going to sing. Is this correct? This is correct. And there are two spots where she does a song that nobody knows what they're going to be. Everyone's hoping that she does that song or this song. This is how the, the concert goes. But we are not to be like that. We are not to come to church and maybe Lily's text us the run sheet and we know what's happening, but we don't know what that one... We're not to come to church... Just wanting, oh, I hope they play my favourite song. It's not about me. I'm, not, I'm, I'm here to worship God, whatever the song is. Oh man, I didn't, I didn't get much out of that worship today. It wasn't for you. It's for Him. It's for Him. And maybe, maybe we'll sing your favourite song. Oh, I'll be really enjoying that, that goodness of God song this week. We, we sang at the Open Heaven in Christchurch last week and the crowd just went off. The crowd just loved it. The goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. Oh, Chris, I feel a singing anointing coming <laughs> upon me this morning. At Arise, this is what I would love to see. There's some things I would love to see as we're talking about Vision. I'd love to see a body of believers gathered and functioning as the church, the body of Christ, gathering, praising, being generous and eating food together. 
not lone individuals, not a few paid pastors doing everything. I'd love to see your gifts and your talents being brought to the table to bless everyone who is there. Do you know that most of your gifts are there for to bless other people with? Most of them are. I would love to see that. I would love to see body ministry. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, and it says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptised into one body by one spirit and we all share that same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one, not just one. A year or two ago, if you, were, you were, would have been here, a year or two ago we had a whole lot of stones up the front here. We did it in Christchurch as well and everyone came forward and took a stone and wrote something on that stone, something that they'd like to see in the future of our church. Just the other day, I saw that big container in Christchurch with all the stones and I was just looking through it as I was thinking about this message. And yeah, there was the stones of faith and hope and love. But do you know the vast majority of stones as I sort of went through it said things like family, aroha, relationship, community, connection, that's what people were talking about. Community, connection. I see a church that's not a corporate entity, but a church that's full of life and joy, much more like a family. I see a church where individuals become part of that family, who are added to the church so that people can walk in those doors and yes, they can get saved as an individual, not knowing anyone, but then they become added to the family of God. I see a church where everybody engages in worship. Man, that would be awesome. That was like the, the open heaven meeting in Christchurch. I was just standing there looking around and everyone was just worshipping and into it. Not... You know, not with hands in pockets, kind of, I guess we'll get, get through this bit. Where everyone's worshipping and engaging and just praising. And I'd love to see that more often. You know, you cannot sing, I lift my hands to you, God, with your hands in your pockets. I'd love to see a church where everyone is in a life group. I'd love to see that. I've never been in a church that has had everyone in a life group, but I'd love to see it. Life group is the best way to connect and to be in community. There is an 80-year, it's called a longitudinal study that Harvard in the USA has undertaken. It's still ongoing, and they've been doing it for 80 years where they study a group of people. It's a longitudinal study. The longest study ever conducted on human happiness. And it has revealed some fascinating insights about what really leads to health and fulfilment in a lifetime. To find out what really leads to health and fulfilment. The number one insight from this Harvard study is that close relationships and social connections are crucial for our well-being as we age. I was expecting something different. Let me say it again. The number one finding is that close relationships 
and social connections are crucial to our well-being as we age. It's not really about how much kale you eat. It's about how many friends you've got. How many people know your name and how many people know your name and who know you. That's the number one thing. These people who are living into their aid, what was the overwhelming finding? These people have connections, social connections, interaction, a community of people. Church, our devices are killing us. Don't sit at home on your phone or on the screen. Get out there. Meet some people. Build some relationships. Then we can live long in the land. Listen, I think I can say this now. You will live longer going to a life group. That should be our slogan, eh? We should have that for life loops. You know? You'll live longer if you're in a life group. I'd love to go, I love to, I, I see a church where everyone serves and volunteers. That's that, that generous spirit and that ability to join and to contribute. That everyone would serve and volunteer somewhere, somehow. If you just come and sit, in my opinion, you are not growing. You're missing out. There is, a, there is a point where we get saved and we get through that initial phase of growing and learning. And this is amazing. I'm growing and growing. But there comes a point if I don't start to now serve other people, you're missing out. I'd love everyone to be a part of the family. And in my family, everyone's got to do something around the house. No one empties that dishwasher We've got nothing to eat with. Body ministry. Not 20% doing all the work, as I said before, but everybody. Your neck, for some people in this room, your next step is just to join a team and to serve somewhere. Be a part, make it happen. Look, we don't earn our way to heaven, but God is not opposed to effort. I see a church where everyone gives. We've got a series coming up in a few weeks' time, but before we get there, I see a church just like in the New Testament where everyone was generous. And I'm sorry, church, but not everyone tithes. Not everyone gives. If everyone tithes, if everyone gave, we wouldn't need to have special offerings. Let's go, brother. Conservatively, about 50 to 70% of people tithe. Conservatively. I've been, I worked it out before this message, I worked it out this week. I've been tithing to my church for 36 years. And I say, God is good. God is faithful. Tithing is, can I take a portion of what I've just earned and give it to God first before I spend all the rest of it on all the things I need to spend it on, can I trust God? Say, God, you've supplied all this. I bring the first back to you. 
I'd love to see, just like I'd love to see everyone serving. I'd love to see everyone in a life group. I'd love to see everyone praising and engaging. I'd love to see everyone giving. Imagine a church where everybody did those things. Where individuals become a family. Where everyone worships, where everyone, the team can, can come up, where everyone is in a life group, where everyone serves and volunteers, where everyone gives and is generous. I know you're all eating. What about these other things? That church would change the city. See, church, because we share a common allegiance to Jesus, which is our highest loyalty, we also share a commitment to join together and to be the people of God. Because we share a common allegiance to Jesus, we also must share a commitment to join together and to be the people of God. I don't want you to go to church. I want you to be the church. I want you to be the church. Father, I thank you for this short time together. Thank you for the presence of your spirit. I pray for every person here that you would breathe. Breathe upon us, Lord. Help us to see the church in the New Testament that, Lord, we might be like that. Lord, I pray for a spirit of generosity to come upon all of us. Lord, I pray that we would all be found gathered together in your name. God, I pray that upon this place and upon our lives would come in a, a greater ability to worship and to praise you. And Father, I thank you for tables and homes full of food and full of people, laughing, full of joy. And God, I pray you'd speak into our hearts. Lord, we pray for a rise moving forward, for these things to start happening abundantly, Lord, that you would lead us into green pastures. Restore our soul. Energise us, God. Lord, we commit ourselves to you afresh. And pray you'd build your church, build your people. And Lord, let us walk like Abraham, not because we're special, but because you've called us, called us to be, to do something special for you. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.